Hi, I'm Chris Roussel, the rector of St. John's Episcopal Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And I'm Ben Kogel, curate at St. John's. And I'm Sarah Weatherly, director of Youth and Family Ministries. And this is our podcast called One More Thing. Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 2 of One More Thing. It's good to see you guys. It's good to be. It's good to see you, too. It's good to be with you. (laughs) This is kind of exciting because uh, now we're, you know, we did the introduction in in Episode 1 of about confirmation and overview, and now we're getting into the meat and potatoes. That's right. That's right. So by way of a quote or a prayer to start us off, we're actually going to be reviewing the Apostles' Creed, which is some of the earliest writing. We don't have an author, but it's some of the earliest writing that we have from the early Christian tradition, right? We, we see this creed, the Apostles' Creed that we say at our baptisms and our, our renewal of baptismal vows popping up as early as the first 100 years after Jesus's death and resurrection when other people were being baptized and professing their faith. So we're joining into a really wonderful, long-standing tradition by saying and believing this creed. Yeah, and I mean, the word creed comes from the Latin credo or credo, which means I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when somebody enters into the church, they enter into the church because they have embraced uh, a certain belief system, that there's something that they believe that is in communion with uh, the, the universal church, right? It's not that somebody is joining a country club, let's say, and pays dues to become a member. Right, um, right. You, this, this, is, this is based upon a belief system and a, a embracing a way of life. That's right. And so there's also a little bit of confusion because on Sundays, we don't say the Apostles' Creed every week. We say the Nicene Creed. The Nicene Creed came about 300 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. 325? In the year 325. (laughs) And what the Nicene Creed does is it builds on and expands on the Apostles' Creed. It's one of the two central creeds in our tradition. Um, And the Nicene Creed gives us the more fleshed out understanding of Jesus and Jesus' relationship to God and Jesus' relationship to the Holy Spirit, et cetera, et cetera. It really helps um, flesh out the Holy Trinity. Mm -hmm. So we'll be talking a little bit about that later in this episode, later in the second, the third episode, excuse me. Uh, But we're starting from the basic creed, the Apostles' Creed. So I'm going to read the first part of it. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. That's it. That was the first part of it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So who is God? Specifically, who is God the Father that we just heard about? You know, so many people have that image of, you know, it's this old man in the sky with a staff and a big throne Mm -hmm. and a long gray beard. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, we say God the Father, but... It has nothing to do with maleness or femaleness, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, God fathers us, but God also mothers us in many ways. That's right. Um, God is the origin of all things. God the Father is uh, the beginning and the end, the, the eternal one, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Another term 
when we talk about the Trinity, another set of terms that are used instead of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are Creator, Redeemer, and Sanctifier. Yes, except the, the problem with that is when you say Creator, Redeemer, and Sanctifier, all you're doing is identifying what they do for us. Mm. And if I tried to identify my parents as those who, uh, you know, my provider, my feeder, and my and my housing, whatever, you know, your the, landlord, the, yeah, my, landlord. <laughs> my landlord, right? Uh, then, it, then, then, what it does, uh, sort of disrespectfully, reduces down to simply what we get from them, mm-hmm. rather than identifying the the title of who they are, the essence of who they are: mm. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Nice, interesting. Thank you. I like that. So, God, the Father in the Creed, is called Creator of Heaven and Earth. What does that? teach us about our beliefs? What does that teach us about God? Well, I mean, the, the very first thing that leaps out to my mind when you say creator of heaven and earth, that um, suggests, just by that phrase, that there was a time when heaven and earth did not exist, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so if the one who created heaven and earth uh, created heaven and earth, <laughs> 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 stay with me, stay with me, uh, I'm going somewhere, uh, That then that that person, that thing, that entity had to have existed prior to heaven and earth. That's right. The creator cannot come after the created. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that's that's the basics about God. So let's jump to the next part. Wow, that was fast. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Now we're going to talk about Jesus. All right. <laughs> so when we talk about creation, in, in all seriousness, though, we're, we're talking about two beginning chapters of the Bible, right? We don't have an eyewitness account of creation because it was so long ago. We have the story of creation that's been passed out. So that's, that is why we're sort of limiting that discussion a little bit on this podcast in the 30 minutes we have. Um, with Jesus, of course, we have four gospels and a bunch of letters about him and a bunch of prophecies leading up to him. So there's a bit more that we can say in a short creed, uh, and we will say that. Do you want to read that part, Chris? Um, sure. Uh, So, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. Yeah, wow. So, we we have several... uh actions that we need to unpack yeah lots of layers here lots of layers so jesus is god's only son and our lord yep that's great i wasn't going to stop you keep on going keep going okay okay he was yeah go ahead he was conceived by the holy spirit yeah that's right and born of the virgin mary so So what does that what does that mean sarah like if you if, if if a virgin gives birth what do we what does that tell us I mean, it tells you a lot. Such as? He was born without sin. Yes. Mm. Yes. But I'm thinking more basically than that, right? She didn't have do, sex. Do vir- Yeah, do virgins... <laughs> right. Do virgins have babies? No. No! no! <laughs> it's a miracle! Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. It, yes, seemed, it so... seemed to get Randy rather quickly. <laughs> so, so the point being that Jesus even entering into humankind uh, came in miraculously, right? It wasn't an ordinary day, ordinary event. It was right. some. It was a miracle. 
And and what's interesting when you look at this part part of the creed, right? It does not go into uh, the teachings that he he gave us. It doesn't go into the miracles that he performed. It goes from his birth to his death, right? Right. So yeah. so the bookends of his life are the really the miraculous parts mm -hmm. that lead uh, that that inform our faith lives, if you will. Yeah, and I think that when we. I, I think that the creed is assuming we will learn something about Jesus's life, like the stories, the parables, the healing yeah. events, the yeah. miracles, etc. Yeah. But that we can only, and the gospels kind of show this when they're sort of saying who Jesus is or isn't, you can only really understand who Jesus was and why he did what he did and what he did at all through the lens of his birth, death, and resurrection. That That's exactly right. And, you know, trying to, well, I'll, I'll save I'll save this thought for later about um, uh, knowledge, intellectual knowledge, and and faith, and how those two things correspond. I'll, mm. I'll save that until after we get through uh, the rest of the creed. Okay, so Jesus was crucified. Yep, he suffered under Pontius Pilate, which is a very specific person at a very specific time that ties right. it to a real historical thing right this isn't just a fable this is right. these are true events well and there um, are there are what we call extra biblical narratives there are histories like the jewish historian josephus who writes about jesus and, mm -hmm. and in fact josephus writes about john the baptist even more than he writes about jesus mm -hmm. but we have there are external sources things outside of the bible that human history recorded about this uh this prophet this person this this guy uh, during this time period That's and right. so Jesus there's a very specific time and place where Jesus uh, lived and and did and acted and, and did his things yeah and so he was killed he was killed for who he was he was killed for what he taught he was killed for a lot of reasons mm -hmm. um, he was anti-establishment yeah. if you will <laughs> I, I mean the big thing was that uh, he implied very openly that he was divine, that he was somehow God in form of man, in a form in the form of a man living on earth. I mean, he didn't just walk out of the woods, right? He was born, he was a baby, and he grew up. And That's the right. people who grew up around him and saw him, I mean, can you imagine being the classmate of Jesus? And being like, who's this guy? I think he is, right? Yeah. <laughs> be like, oh, right. I'm not the star of this show. No, I mean, yeah. can you imagine going to the, you know, the the 20 year high school reunion, and and there's the guy Jesus, that, you know, that's at the back of the class and was. Well, was, Jesus didn't make his 20 year high school reunion. He had already <laughs> no, risen that, and gone to heaven. This is true. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that puts it in perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, he would have made his five year. Yeah, yeah, but that was before or, he started or, doing anything. Yeah, or his 10 year, right? Yeah, exactly. He was probably busy during that. He probably. Maybe Maybe it's one of those times we went to the temple. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Stayed at the Holiday Inn. You know. Oh, my gosh. Um, so he rose again, right? Death did yeah. not have the final word on Jesus Christ, the right. Son of God. So I think there's a real uh, – and thank you because it's important to acknowledge that resurrection is not the same as resuscitation. That's right. right. He resurrected body and soul. Now, his body and his soul were glorified. They appeared differently. I mean, he walked through locked doors. His existence and his being was very, very different, mm -hmm. right? That's right. And he still had the markings, the scars mm -hmm. from his from his life before he was resurrected. Yeah, from his right? crucifixion. He showed the disciple, Apostle Thomas, the holes in his 
arm and his side, right? Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't that uh, the God Factory produced Jesus a new body and sent him on an asteroid back to Earth to come again three days later. It was it was the same body, right? Mm-hmm. It was the mm-hmm. same person. There wasn't there wasn't this new iteration. It wasn't a clone, right? right, right. We hear a lot about clones because of Star Wars. And maybe because of sheep or something. I don't know. I don't know anything about Star Wars, sorry to say. Same Um, here. Really? Not a Star Wars Oh, that's really uncomfortable then. Well, Uh, in Star Wars, they clone people, which means they make copies of them. uh Uh-huh. And then they make them into armies. So that's not Jesus. No. And now we're really off track. Yeah, really. (laughs) Really. Um, You guys have seen Star Wars? Well, I saw Star Wars in 1977 when it came out, and I hated it. So I never saw any of the rest of them. Oh, you should see some of the new ones. No, I don't think so. Haven't seen them. Haven't seen Harry Potter either, and I'm okay with it. I am good with that, too. So let's go back to Jesus, (laughs) who actually did exist. He did. He suffered. He died. And it says that he rose again. And that he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He has assumed his position in heaven, body and soul, right? Mm-hmm. He's not just a spirit that floated up into the sky, but actually re-entered into that place of mm-hmm. eternity um, outside of time, outside of space. And we believe that he will come again. That's when right. we, in Eucharistic prayer A, uh, we say as a congregation, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. That's a great. Uh, that's a great example of past, present, future, right? Mm-hmm. If you were to mm-hmm. learn about past, present, future tenses in your English class, that would be a great one to do. Yep. Christ has died. Christ, Christ is, is risen. risen. That mm-hmm. is, He exists right now. He mm-hmm. is in heaven now, uh, and Christ will come again back down to earth, and that's where He will judge the living and the dead. Yeah, and so. There's this this two parts of the promise, right? There's the fact that Jesus died and was resurrected. That has dealt with sin. What's sin? Uh, that's that's when we disobey uh, the, the will of God. We go against the will of God for us and, and for one another. That's right. So Jesus dying on the cross, in addition to him being killed for what he said about being God, it also dealt in a cosmic way, in a, in a way that's beyond what I at least can understand. It dealt with sin. And at the end of the this section of the creed, he will come again to judge the living and the dead. That is the final ushering in of a new age where there is no more sin or sorrow, where die, sorrow, sin and sorrow dying are no more. Yeah, I mean, when, when we sin and we truly are sorry, I mean, how, how could we possibly atone for that? How can we say, I'm sorry enough mm-hmm. to demonstrate our, our deepest sorrow? So Jesus takes on... Uh, our sorrows, our sins, and offers himself up uh, in the ultimate sacrifice of, of apology, if you will. That's right. Yep. That's right. We better get moving because we got some more stuff to cover. I know. So let's jump into section three. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? Do you have that one uh, called up there when you're. Yeah, I, it could be um, wrong on Google. Let me see. Yours. It's okay. Here you go. <laughs> oh. Oh. There you go. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Mm. Yeah. That's so that stuff. so that one reads just kind of like a list, but right? it's mm-hmm. all good stuff, very important stuff. Yep. Um, so the Holy Spirit is the third person, as we call it, of the Trinity. Uh, we've talked about Jesus. We've talked about God the Father. So now we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Who 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 is that? Who is she? Yeah, so when Jesus was telling his disciples, um, I'm, I'm getting ready to leave, you guys. Uh, I'm going to be 
I'm going to be crucified, uh, and I'm going to rise from the dead, and I'm going to go off to heaven, and actually after he, he rose from the dead, and the disciples are all scrambling around. They're like, well, what are we going to do without him? I mean, he's been, you've been telling us everything to do and where to go and how to be. And Jesus promises them, I'm going to send you an advocate, mm. right? I'm going to send you someone, something that will tell you what to say and how to be. And that advocate is the paraclete, otherwise known as the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit dwells among us now on earth in real time, in real space. The Holy Spirit is around us. The Spirit guides us, um, grants us wisdom. Uh, you heard Ben refer to the Holy Spirit as she, and that's a, a great tradition in the church that the Holy Spirit comes as wisdom. Um, the Greek for wisdom is Sophia, right? Mm -hmm. And so to reference uh, wisdom in that way is, I find it very helpful personally uh, to refer to the Holy Spirit as she. But, you know, the Holy Spirit we saw in Scripture comes down in the form of a dove or like a dove. It doesn't say the Holy Spirit is a dove, mm -hmm. um, but, but, but like a dove. The Holy Spirit comes down in the form of uh, fire in a couple of places within That's Scripture, right. right? So the Holy Spirit can take a variety of forms, but generally speaking, the Holy Spirit is is something that simply embeds itself, infuses uh, itself, uh, herself into us and our own spirits if we are open to it and willing to be led by her. That's right. Let's talk about the church. Yeah. Yeah. So talking about the Holy Spirit and what, what happened after Jesus, right? We see the first movements of the church in the Acts of the Apostles, right? We see right. that the disciples begin to uh, are, are gathered and they receive this gift of the Holy Spirit on a day that we now celebrate we call Pentecost, mm -hmm. uh, which was a Jewish holiday and it was the day that they received the Spirit um, in the tradition. Yeah. And so we also celebrate Pentecost, but it has a different meaning for us than it does for the Jewish people. Um, and that's where we be believe that the church was founded. After they received the Spirit, uh, the, the disciples were empowered to speak in a marketplace in a in imagine Times Square, right? Mm -hmm. There's people who speak a hundred different languages, and this group of this small group of people who had received the Spirit are suddenly empowered. They're average people; they speak, you know, one or two languages, and now they're empowered to speak in dozens of languages and to communicate with anybody who can hear. They are proclaiming Jesus. They're saying what happened. They're saying who he is, that he is God, that he's come to save us, et cetera, et cetera. And so that, that emphasizes the universal nature mm -hmm. of the church, which brings me to that question, well, wait a minute, we're Episcopalians. Why do we say Catholic church? That's right. right? Mm -hmm. So uh, Catholic means universal, right? And so it does. our church is part of the universal Christian the universal Christianity, right? That's right. I mean, you've got Catholic that is Roman Catholic, right? Mm -hmm. Which is a denomination. We are Anglo-Catholic or Anglican or Episcopalian. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we, we can say and do say that we are part of the Holy Catholic Church, the yeah. universal church of Christianity. And we'll talk more about that connection in a couple episodes. That's exactly right. Um, so from the Pentecost moment onwards, at that point, P uh, Peter and his friends, they baptize people. They baptize like 3,000 people that day, right? Yeah. Those are yeah. other people who then receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And throughout Acts, people are receiving the Holy Spirit. They're receiving baptism by water in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right, right. Yeah. And so 
what what we see what we see that as is the beginnings of the church right and that's why we continue to baptize children baptize adults confirm people into the father son and holy spirit and ask for the spirit to come upon the people that we are confirming or baptizing yeah because our our natural inclination is to turn inward on ourselves but the invitation from christ is to turn outward and to love people in the world, to love God, to love one another, to be kind, to be generous, to not be selfish. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, we need that infusion of the Holy Spirit to help inform us and lead us every single day. We're going to mess up. We're going to fall. But that's why we say that we believe in the forgiveness of sins. That's when we do fall, when we do uh, go against the will of God for us and for for, uh, everyone, that we have a God who is forgiving, a God mm-hmm. who is always eager and ready to accept our apology in whatever form that may come. That's right. So the communion of saints, that's referring back to the spirit again, right? It's that connection that we all have with everyone else who's been baptized, who's been brought into the church, uh, who's been brought into the family of God. Uh, and the resurrection of the body, it goes back to that promise of Jesus, right? Because Jesus was resurrected, that is uh, considered, as we heard on Sunday uh, from 1 Corinthians, that is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, right? It's the first sign that not just Jesus, but everyone will be resurrected, brought into this new eternal life, the life everlasting. Yeah, and so for our uh, confirmands, those who are in preparation for confirmation, we are asking them basically, do you believe this? Now, Belief is something, and and to believe is a word that has a lot of connotations to it, right? I mean, we can sit here and explain, and we've done, I mean, we've covered a lot of ground in a very short period of time. There are folks who study this for lifetimes, right? But there's a difference between knowing it all intellectually Mm -hmm. and taking that leap of faith, right? Um, That idea that I know as much as I possibly can at this point, but... Uh, but I don't fully understand it on some level. That's right. Something that might mean a lot to me now is is that, oh, the communion of saints, because I can be united with my grandparents and great-grandparents and those who have passed away. But later in life, I might be more deeply moved by the forgiveness of my sins after I make a big mistake in my job when I'm in my 40s, right? There are different <laughs> aspects. Not, not saying, are you expecting something? I'm not planning that, <laughs> no. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying that like, as we continue to deepen in faith, what is significant to us now may remain significant, and what we don't understand or don't get may become clearer. May be, may, we may be drawn into deeper understanding as we go through a lifetime of faith. I agree. Right? I, I, think, I think understanding the Trinity is intellectually difficult. Um, you know, impossible no, question mark. <laughs> impossible question mark is a good way to put it. <laughs> Mystery um, question mark. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. How can they be three? How can they be one? You know, and, and and there's the the folks, some preachers who have like you know, oh look, you've got ice and you have water and you have um, uh, a gas form of water. Steam. The, the steam. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Evaporation. The problem is that they can't be all of those things at once. Right. And that's where that particular analogy or image falls apart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we wrap our limited human 
understanding around all of that. Well, God has revealed God's own self in a variety of ways. But wouldn't it be great if God just like wrote a book for us to, to read, oh, to understand who God is? Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. right. We do. We have that book, right? Yeah, it's a book of common prayer. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. There is that. But, you know, I think, why doesn't God just say, you know, punch a hole through the sky, part the clouds, and yell, here I am, here's how it works, this is who I am. Why hasn't God removed the mystery completely? Faith. Faith. Yeah. And tell me more about faith. Faith is like believing in something that you don't necessarily know. Or fully understand. Or fully right? understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It requires... It requires um, a sense of mystery. Yeah, there is a sense of mystery. It requires something of us more than being able to say, mm -hmm. I fully intellectually grasp this and understand mm -hmm. it. That's but right. if God reveals the, the, the hidden mystery completely, which God will do at the end of time, mm -hmm. which is what we believe, uh, then we don't have to seek God anymore in our mm -hmm. lives or search for, for Christ or the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, we kind of, I love, I love the image of God punching his way through the sky because we do talk about <laughs> the faith that way sometimes. We talk about what we call the breaking in of the kingdom of God, yeah, right? Yeah. So the kingdom of God is this end time where everything is perfect and sort of resolved. Uh, but what we believe as Christians, what we say is that when we see you know, the old lady helping the homeless person cross the street, or when we see that, that was two, two different things at once. So Sorry. the old lady is helping the homeless person <laughs> cross the street. When we see those moments of true human connection, when we see the beauty of creation, when we see yeah. things working out, how we hope they will, uh, when we, when we, what we experience in worship, uh, when we are worshiping the triune God, uh, those are moments where the kingdom of God can be present to us in a way that's more than our average ordinary day, right? Those are those those spiritual highs, if you will. Um, yeah, I think it's important to know that, that or to recognize that the way in which God reveals God's own self oftentimes is through human agents, right? People mm -hmm. who are doing good, who are doing loving, kind things. Whenever mm -hmm. there's a disaster somewhere, oftentimes you see lots of people rushing in. They're helping oh, yeah. to clean up. They're helping to provide clothing and food for all of those who um, who are in need in that, in that moment of tragedy. You know, the, the, part of the mystery that I find a lot of folks struggle with is if God is good, why does a good God allow bad things to happen? Why mm -hmm. does, if God is perfect and holy, why does God allow sin to exist? And, and that's a whole nother podcast that we can approach at, at another time. But yeah. I, I want to yeah. just... It's a whole nother season. Well, I want to acknowledge that, though, as part of the mystery of God, right? Yeah. That we don't fully understand or comprehend. However, we take that leap of faith. Our mm -hmm. intellect is as fully informed as possible. Uh, and and it keeps it continues to get informed over time. We learn a little bit, a little bit more gets revealed each and every day, That's each right. and every year, as we move through our lives, have different experiences, and encounter different things. Mm -hmm. We even read scripture differently uh, now, you know, today than we did say five years ago or ten years ago. Absolutely, right. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and one thing to remember with the whole evil thing is that there is the like setup of, oh, God over there is letting all this evil stuff happen over here. But God entered into our world yeah. and experienced truly 
what it is to be evil. He was executed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Came face to face. I mean, and came face to face with temptation and the desert. Mm -hmm. And I mean, tons of stories that we can go yeah. through. I think the thing that that as we get ready to land the plane on this episode <laughs> yeah. is is yeah. that for those who are preparing for confirmation, um, the thing that that I would hope our young people would embrace is a certain belief that uh, that they believe something that we uh, that we also in the church believe but but I want them to know and to accept the fact that they don't have to fully understand it in order right. to say I believe it look mm -hmm. I'm 51 years old I've been a priest for almost 20 years I don't always fully understand it I don't always there's still lots of mystery that that uh, I find myself a bit perplexed by and yet <laughs> Yeah. Because I have given myself over to God and to the Holy Spirit, my heart, even though it may be um, not fully informed or, or understand completely intellectually, my heart makes this leap towards God. I, I do believe this. I believe this with every fiber of my being. And if somebody said, well, well, gee, Chris, why do you believe that? On some level, I have to say, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I believe it. Well, how did you come to believe this so passionately and so deeply? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I, I know. Yeah. I think over uh, 51 years of living in faith, uh, the church and God and the Holy Spirit and Jesus have formed you to be a believer, right? Yeah. It's, it's like practice makes perfect. Well, that's right. But there are times in my life where I wasn't going to church. There were times in my life sure. where, where my lack of faith or lack of belief really, uh, I really wrestled with mm -hmm. that and stepped away from church or stepped away from a uh, regular prayer life. But, you know, the great thing about God is uh, I've always been welcomed back and able to, mm -hmm. to, to go back to our Lord and to be received. Yeah, and God calls us back whenever we go astray. Yes, indeed. Lost shepherd analogy. Yeah. Lost mm -hmm. sheep analogy. <laughs> well, we well, don't you're want to lost shepherd. Yeah, my metaphors are really You're mixing up all, your, all of your uh, metaphors. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Well, as... The one-month-year-old priest. I can just say that I believe everything, and I totally get it. So, <laughs> well, I'm done. Uh, I'm done. That's, I'm uh, just oh kidding. Oh my gosh! There is sarcasm <laughs> oozing out of the microphone as we speak right now. But well, it's a lot of fun. And and the thing the thing about it is, uh, and this is especially true for uh, Episcopalians. We are. We should never be afraid to ask the questions. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to ask the hard questions. Um, ask the questions, and 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 it's okay to not be satisfied with the answers that you're given. But don't stop asking the questions. Always ask the questions. Always seek. But but my whole point was, don't just seek with your mind. Seek with your heart. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, for our confirmands, we have two questions for you. You'll see these uh, in a little quiz that will tell you how to access once you're all signed oh, up for class. Oh, quiz is such a hard word. It's not. Because it's, like it's five questions. But, it's but five there's questions. no. But there's no. But there's no grade, right? There's no. Yeah, yeah. There's no quiz. It's it's a reflection opportunity. It's just to really make sure you've been watching this and or watching listening. Listening. Where did you get five questions from? I've only got two written on my paper. Oh, there will be a couple more. more. There's going to be more. Uh, uh, so there I'm, are two reflection <laughs> questions and a couple choice. of multiple choice questions. Oh, where did I come? Where I, where was I when all this was happening? We haven't written the multiple choice yeah, questions yet. Oh, we had to record the episode first <laughs> oh, so we could write questions okay. about the episode. Right. See, I love that our <laughs> listeners are like hearing it all unfold. Yeah, it's kind of like a behind the scenes of a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. 
we're asking these reflection questions on air though because for those who are not in confirmation those who are just listening along we want you to be able to reflect as well so the reflection questions we're putting it back to you this episode what do i believe Mm -hmm. and what do i struggle to believe yeah those are the two questions we're going to end on Uh, about a week from now if you're catching these as they come out uh, we'll come out with why christianity part two where we'll ask more about the so what factor we'll be asking okay we believe these things in the creed how does that change our lives so that's what's coming next or yep we believe these things so what (laughs) (laughs) so what all right so what factor Uh, well we'll this is great we'll see y'all next time yes bye bye god bless you